you and I might have something in common if I read this right. You're not a morning person? No. Me neither. I finally found a damn coach no, who's I, not a morning person, man. I hate it. I hate, I hate it. it. Come on, yes. But it. is Dan Campbell the worst enemy of a morning person? Oh, yeah. You know, he his locker was right across from me in Miami. Yeah. So, like, we'd kind of come in at the same time, and, you know, Dan's Dan. He's he's charged up, ready to go from the jump as soon as he walks in the building. And he would look over me, oh, oh, don't talk to Lou. It's not past seven, eight o'clock. Can't even talk to him. You know, just busting my chops from the jump. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. Cowboy, take me away. A special Thursday release for you. We've started doing some of these interviews on Wednesday afternoons and evenings. And we wanted to give it to you a little early, separate, a little extra for the Greenlight Locals, for you faithful, for you lovely people. We wanted you all to be able to listen to Lou ASAP. You can also check it out on the Greenlight YouTube channel. But Chris and Lou have a good time. They talk the Cincinnati Bengals defense, the fearsome four on that D-line. Lou also talks about working with Joe Burrow and the wide receivers to get a better feel and to prepare for other NFL offenses. Andy talks about how he likes to coach down on the field. He doesn't like the press box. He doesn't like being up there. He wants to talk to his players. He wants to talk to his guys. They have a great conversation. Y'all, please enjoy. And again, keep your eye out for some more of these interviews that we may be dropping on Thursday mornings. We love you. All right, this is a treat. One of my favorite coaches in the game, uh, one of my favorite defenses to watch, Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, joins us now. And Coach, how are you? Doing great. I really appreciate you having me, Chris. Of course, of course. My first question, this comes from somebody else. Uh, maybe you can guess who it might be. Best lean on an edge rusher you ever coached at Purdue? <laughs> Ryan Kerrigan? No, it can't. this is great. It came from Rob Ninkovich. <laughs> oh, ah. Okay. What a backfire uh, for Rob. Uh, and I love, okay, love Rob, but for, now that I think about it, not even close, because when the first time I saw Rob go around those hoops, I'm like, okay, we got us one. You got us one. Because Ryan, Ryan, as great as Ryan was, a little bit stiff. Yeah. Rob, not so much. So Rob, he'll tell you. He's bendy. He'll be the first to tell you. So No doubt. When I texted Rob for intel on you, he was like, no, I'm not going to give you any intel. you got to ask him this question. So, oh, yeah, I flew um, that one. <laughs> he's, he's, that's him, though. He Ryan Kerrigan was a damn good one, man. I liked watching him play, too. But, Coach, I, you know, before I get into y'all's guys, it's a hell of a week to have the Texans, right? Because of what they did last week. You know how that goes. You get in the film room. What's the first thing you're saying without telling me too much about what impresses you about CJ Stroud? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it to the defense this morning, the first time we got together and just how he's poised. Uh, you know, he's seeing the field really well. Everybody can see that the guy is big, strong, has a good arm, accurate, can run. But when you really get down and start watching the tape, you really see that this guy does see the whole field, makes really good decisions. 
and that shows by only one interception on the on the season so far. So I'm really impressed with the you know for a rookie to play as poised as he has and and seem like he has full control of the offense. That's a great job by him and the, and the staff for sure. Yeah, I mean, should be a great game. You, you, you've got one of the best defensive lines in the league. I think when it comes to the run and the pass and just being versatile, can you speak to to you 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 call these guys the core four? Uh, Hill and Reader inside, Trey, Sam outside. Um, what do you look for? What do you value in a guy in your defensive front? I just think you know we've got so many guys that can do so many things, and you know it's it's kind of rare these days. You know, people just uh, will ask about, let's take DJ Reader, for instance. Like, well, why would you sign just a nose guard? And I said, well, there's your first mistake. He's not just a nose guard. You know, he's not going to – he's not a two-down player. DJ can play all three downs. He can play zero nose. He can play three technique. He can be out there as a five if we really needed him to be because he's such a great athlete, understands the game, strong, powerful. So, I mean, to me, the more that a guy can do – and, you know, how many times have you heard that? in your career, but it's the truth. So guys that can play three downs to us are just invaluable. Yeah, and they're all versatile. I think, you know, jumping around on these guys a little bit, the thing I love about Sam is he kind of reminds me of a throwback left end mm -hmm. who can really play in different alignments. I mean, he's a gap sound guy. He can make the negative plays in the backfield, but I just I feel like you got to trust him in the run game because he can move up and down the line. You probably stick him in a four. You can stick him in a six. He can play the edge. Uh, do you see that versatility with Sam? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, I don't, if, you know, we kind of laugh sometimes and we look at some of the things that people try to do, well, why would you do that over there? You know, yeah. to and, uh, you know, he's just so sound, so fundamentally and technique sound, uh, especially in the run game and, and his pass rush has improved over the years for sure. And, you know, you start, uh, really in the game ceiling sack against Seattle, him and BJ working together. And they had the same stunt uh, this past Sunday night on a backed up third down to get us the ball back in good field position. Same stunt, little TE game, and uh, they just executed so well. And, and you know that that's that can look very different if it's uh, maybe a younger guy doing it with an older guy or two young, young that don't have that great feel for it. And then uh, BJ and Sam do for sure. They have a great feel, and you mentioned the Seattle game. I got charged up because as a former defensive lineman, those are those games you remember. I thought those guys took that game over. How psyched were you on the sideline? That was amazing, you know, and 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 I go back to, okay, we they get the ball, good field position, and there's only a few minutes left, and we had just come off of a, a pretty quick drive on offense, and, you know, I, I, I looked at them on the bench, and they were kind of tired. <laughs> And I said, I walked over to him. I said, all right, there's nobody else going out there except you four. And that's who I want to close this game out. And they just stood up. Yes, sir. And here we go. And that's, but that just tells you about who they are. Nobody flinched. Nobody, you know, uh, they didn't blink at all. And they just went out there and did what they had to do. Do you get the sense that Trey doesn't get talked about enough? Not that that's what's important in the building, but I feel like outside your building, people probably don't realize how elite Trey has been. When you look at the numbers, you look at his handwork the way he shows up. He's right there with all those other guys that we talk about on ESPN every every day, but he doesn't get that kind of recognition. 100%. Uh, I say it all the time. He'd be leading the league in sacks. I think he's had three or four called back because of penalties this year. Yeah. Not on him. You know and you know how that goes sometimes. The worst. But, uh, yeah. Um, he missed one lat, uh, Sunday night by a half a yard. Um, you know, so he is always around the quarterback. He is uh, He's virtually... 
uh, you, you guarantee him getting the quarterback off the spot a number of times and then, you know, one or two sacks a game. He's just that guy. Trust me, everybody in this building knows how valuable he is and he is a true pass rusher. He's great. And oh, by the way, he does a great job in the run game too. He does. He really does. And his handwork. Yeah, I mean, I remember him coming up to me after a game when he was in New Orleans. I was like, who is this kid? You know, because I hadn't, you know, Florida Atlantic or wherever he came from and yep. not a highly touted guy. We're in 91. We had a, we had a good five minute conversation. We got, he's like, let me get your jersey. I was like, I, I better get this kid's jersey just in case. And it turned out to be one of the best players on my wall. So it's That's been awesome. fun watching him work. Uh, he's a true technician. How about Logan Wilson? Because I feel like linebacker in general is kind of a forgotten um, piece that people don't value as much. But a guy like him who can really cover, I mean, you look at that Rams game, the plays that he made at such a pivotal point in the year for you guys. What kind of value does that add, having a guy in the second level that can cover the way he covers? Well, and again, I'll go back to what I said about the guys up front. Logan's another three-down Mike. How many of those are running around our league these days? And, How many? You know, he can do it all, and we don't have to substitute. He 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 has the green dot, and I think you know between him and Jermaine, um, you know, I, I just looking at a stat the other day. I think between the two of them, they've got I believe it's 18 interceptions, and the next closest pair of linebackers in the in the league has eight, I think, uh, over the same span of time. So. Uh, Logan is uh, elite in so many things that he does, uh, and it starts with just being in front of the huddle and communicating to the guys and uh, on the sideline with myself uh, and, and Jermaine and, and uh, uh, Betch, our linebacker guy. They're high-level conversations, you know, that are those guys are always trying to be problem solvers, always trying to look fo be forward thinkers and, hey, here's how we're going to fix this. What if they do that? You know, it's like having two more coaches. It's unbelievable. Well, I, I know, you know you've talked about this before, but you like to be on the sideline, right? Yes. Is that how rare is that for a coordinator? I've not, I haven't done the math on that, like how many dudes are on the sideline and how many are in the booth. How rare is it? And then how much do you have to trust the guy upstairs? You know, I bet you got one guy that you're like, hey, I trust that guy. He's up. He's the eye in the sky. But it's a value to be on the field. Yeah, it's funny. If you would have asked me probably 10 or 15 years ago, I would have said there's no doubt I want to be in the box. I want to see the game. Um, but then as, a, as I, uh, you know, as you learn and you evolve as a coach, I think it's so important for me to go, as I always do, from group to group on the sideline and look at them in the eye and say, this is what we need to do. Not, hey, send this guy to the player phone, send that guy to the player phone. To me, somewhere it gets lost in the translation because I think body language, uh, certain points of the game, they need to hear it from me and they need to know, hey, this is a critical situation or whatever the uh, particular deal is that they, they got to see it from me and they got to read what I'm thinking and how I'm feeling about a certain thing more than anything. So I, I've shifted on that over the years. And, you know, we have a great guy that does the, uh, um, you know, the personnel upstairs, uh, Rob Livingston does that for us. And, uh, you know, that's critical, you know, cause I know now I'm thinking what the call is going to be and how it's going to go. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, it, I think it's critical for me to be down there. You guys seem to make really good adjustments throughout the course of the game, but also at half. And I, I wonder, as football fans and as players, because, shoot, we got in there, I was chugging Gatorade and having a snack. You guys are back in the shower with a whiteboard or wherever you are. Yeah. Is that an overrated turn uh, You know, at, at the half? Like, you guys are making those adjustments as the game goes, but take me through mechanically how that goes for, for football fans out there, because I think we just assume you come in and you're like, hey, guys, this is it. And there's there's been those adjustments being made all through a half, I assume. 
Yeah, you know how it goes as a player. And, and it's not like we're waiting to halftime to change something. There may be something big that we say, hey, let's just wait if we're closer to the half to talk about it. But again, as, again, as you know, as a former player, there, there's not a lot of time at halftime. So we'll come in, we'll be brief, we'll show them the run game, the pass game that are, that are issues and say, all right, here's the here's maybe the change that we're going to. Um, it's a little bit more how, how we have it set up. Uh, like I'll have some things in my back pocket that we keep for the second half sometimes, and the players know that. Um, and I think that that keeps maybe the offense uh, off balance too, that, hey, they didn't do this in the first half. And, you know, treat it more like you're on offense. Hey, we haven't run this play yet, you know, for against the defense. Well, same thing on defense. Hey, we haven't called this yet, and we're saving it for this particular situation. You guys seem to be really multiple. I mean, I know you're multiple, very versatile. You, you probably pride yourself in that because all the guys we're talking about are versatile guys. The safety deal, for me, looking at it, I mean, Logan's got the green dot. There's all that. But that's such an important pairing back there. And I thought those guys had been great for you over the years. Yeah. Making that switch this year and having to work new guys in there, um, When did? how did you come about that decision and – and was that one that you knew was going to take a little bit just to get the reps out there with with, with new guys in center field? Yeah, for sure. I, I, it's just I've always made the comparison that two good safeties are like having a great second baseman and shortstop combination. You know, when they turn two, they just he just flips the ball. The other guy, right. he trusts that the other guy's going to be there. It's the same thing with safeties. I mean, you know, and all the high-level pass-offs that they have to have and halves and quarters and all those different things. So we knew it was going to take some time. You know, Dax Hill was in our building last year, so we got a chance to learn from Jesse and Vaughn and um, and see things, how it goes. But, uh, you know, Nick Scott we got in free agency and, and Jordan Battle in the draft. And it's just been a work in progress, and those guys seem to be settling, settling in now as we're almost halfway through the season. What's what's when, you, when you're like, okay, we're looking at Dax Hill. We know he's freakish, he's explosive, but – what are the big pluses with him from a skill set standpoint that you think maybe people don't realize? Well, he's taken two jobs for us. Really, he's done. He's, he's handling Jesse Bates's role that we've given uh, that Jesse had here, and he's also in take. Uh, we had Trey Flowers, who on third down would cover tight ends for us, a big long corner. Right. Um, and now Dax has done that, and, and he's a really good blitzer. Uh, so he's a valuable piece to our defense. Uh, his athleticism is, you know, off the charts. Big, strong kid who can really run, but uh, he's picked up things and, and is uh, starting to understand the you know, hey, here's why I'm calling this. Here's the here's the why of the defense, not just here's what I'm supposed to do. And you know, it takes young guys a little bit longer, but he's starting to pick it up. Yeah, you mentioned Dax um, and like development, and you know, some people are like, oh, I want to see him out there last year more or whatever. But there's a process, and I know with Miles Murphy, there's some excitement around this kid. But I've been a young defensive line in the league. Expected a lot of not on as good a defense as y'all's. How much of a luxury is that for him to not have to rush? And, you know, like for people at home, they're like, ah, we haven't seen this guy a lot. Is that a bad sign? You know, like maybe help people understand. Yeah, so I I paint the picture. It's the same exact conversations we had last year with Dax. He was a first-round pick who was getting limited snaps in in a particular role um, because he had two really good players in front of him, and it's the same thing with Miles. He's, you know, there's, there's Trey and Sam are, are as two high level players as there are in the league. So it's a luxury for not only us, but for him, as you mentioned, as a young player, 
uh, to kind of get in there, get your toe, you know, stick your toe in the water, kind of get a feel for it. And then if somebody does get injured now, hey, I'm kind of feeling more comfortable about it and I can be ready to go uh, as opposed to be just thrown in there and, you know, literally taking your lumps, you know, in, in a really, really physical uh, div uh, division that we play in, you know. So I think uh, the fact that we have those two guys in front really helps him and will help his development in the long run, just like it did da uh, help Dax this year. It's got to be the most physical division you've ever coached in, right? Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> and the amount of skill and physicality with the Ravens, I mean, I've heard you talk about resource allocation. Is there anybody that, that makes it harder to allocate resources than Lamar Jackson, the way he's playing right now? And the way that offense has taken a turn, and I think it's, it's even scarier because of you know, the RPO stuff and some of the, the, the issues that they cause for linebackers especially. Is there anybody that you've ever seen that's made it harder to, to allocate resources? It's very, I mean, it's very, very difficult. I've always said it. Anytime you step on the field with uh, Lamar and the Ravens, um, he, he's probably the best athlete on the field. So let's right. start with that, you know, and then you got to have somebody that can, uh, a lot of guys that can chase them down and tackle them and just, you know, plain old, I'm better than you <laughs> football mm -hmm. and just running around. He's such a great athlete. Now he's always been able to throw the ball well, for sure. That's We've never... Uh, underestimated that part of his game uh, but now as you said they're kind of putting it all together and uh, you know they're so they're big and physical as a team as you have to be in this division as I said um, and uh, they, they certainly create their challenges and you can see you know why they're doing what they're doing but uh, yeah and the great news is we got them on a short week next week so I can't wait <laughs> yeah it never it never hurts yeah uh, it's gonna lot. be a great game uh Coach, like watching the other defensive players, it's not only a physical division in general, but they got great defensive players. Like take your pick, whether it's, you know, Miles or TJ or Highsmith and the, the back end guys that you go all day. Roquan, I mean, like there's a ton of great ball players. Maybe not the best player, but who do you enjoy watching the most when you get the cut ups and you've got to got to go through film and the AFC North is on is on tape? Yeah, I mean, it, as you mentioned, it, you can go through each team and and pick out a guy or two. And you know, I've 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 always uh, I've always been a fan of the back end just because that's where I you know started. And you know, you you could watch a guy like Minker at the Steelers, or you know, you can watch um, you know uh, some of the how they cover it in Cleveland and and you know get some things. And you know, those, they've got some. Uh, you know, Denzel Ward has been really elite this year, I think, yes, and what he does. But we got some pretty darn good guys too, and that's that's the beauty of it. But uh, as you mentioned, there there's good there's good players, uh, elite players on either side of the ball in our division. And that's what makes it so hard. One of the things we talk about when the Bengals get ready to play somebody offensively is like, man, if you can't cover their third guy, if your third corner, if your third guy in the secondary is having a hard time, like you're going to have a hard day against the Bengals. So how much does it help you guys? And for those guys that may not be called upon to cover a guy like Boyd uh, on, on a regular basis, how much does it help you in practice to have to see those guys? Oh, it's great. You know, and, and you know, it's really in the spring and training camp where you're going through and you're matching up on those guys uh, daily. Um, we're fortunate uh, to add DJ Turner to the group. And, you know, you got Cam, you got Cheeto, you got DJ, you got really Dax played a whole game for us at nickel last year against uh, – Tampa Bay. So he's almost a fourth kind of hybrid guy that can uh, go in there in a pinch. So we're fortunate that way that we feel like we got some pretty good matchups.
Speaking of the offense, um, I've been in buildings before where the the quarterback and the DC, you might never think they'd actually have a cup of coffee together or, you know, shoot the shit on the bus. But do you have some sort of relationship with Joe where you can compare notes? Because I feel like I used to hang out with an offensive line coach, you know, Stout in Philly. I'd sit there with him and watch tape sometimes or uh, whoever it was, Coach Boo in St. Louis. Uh, those are cool relationships. Do you have one with Joe and, you know, has it been valuable to both of you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'll ask him, Hey, take a look at this. Uh, you know, what, what did you see? Especially again, going back to OTAs training camp, but even now when we're, when the scout team's going, I'll tell, Hey, take a look at this pressure. Did you see it? Uh, did it, did it disguise well, or, you know, are you dropping out too soon? And he'll be able to give me some feedback. If, if I have a, uh, Hey, keep Joe, keep an eye out for, this this week when you're playing you know certain teams that I may have a pretty good idea you know Zach and and Brian those guys do a great job but from my end if there's one more thing I can tell them hey I remember studying this kid in the draft you know a DB you know make sure you know he won't be able to battle T on a deep ball or Jamar one of those things you know so I it's funny you ask because I just had a about a 10 minute conversation with Joe before we well the special teams was going during our walkthrough and we were just talking about a few things and he actually helped me on something so it was good. Man, that's awesome. He seems like just the best, great teammate, the whole thing. Here's the question I think everybody wants to know is, like, are y'all just really good at playing possum in September? <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I mean, you guys are like the possum champions of the world. Man. And I know that a lot has to do with Zach probably having a process and mm -hmm. you having a process and you guys know better than we do. Us idiots on the couch, we're like, oh, they're doing it again. What, are they going to turn it around? And you guys always do. There's no panic, I assume, because you guys have been through it. And does it speak to Zach's process? Well, hundred percent. I don't think you know we'd be lying if we said we want. We obviously don't want to start that way, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there's been you know circumstances out of our control and things yeah. happen. But to your point, like you know, I still can hear Zach getting up in front of the team saying, "Hey, we've been here. We've done this." a few times now don't no nobody is panicked there is no panic in the room and uh like i said to the defense um saturday before the game this past game and i said you know it's never about anybody else it's always about us it's always about our mindset uh we're going to play elite players elite teams it doesn't matter as long as we show up with the right mindset do what we're supposed to do uh, we'll be fine if we can keep that approach all the way through. It just helps you be more consistent. It helps you not to be up and down as the season goes and just worry about ourselves and take care of our, our, our business and we'll be fine. Last question for you, Coach. I got to ask a Dan Campbell question because My guy. I just, like everybody else, I love the dude uh, from a distance. It's been fun to watch. I, you and I might have something in common if I read this right. You're not a morning person? No. Me neither. I finally found a damn coach no, who's I, not a morning person, man. I hate it. I, I hate, hate it. Come on, yes. But it. is Dan Campbell the worst enemy of a morning person? Oh, yeah. I told this story on one of the – I forgot uh, one of the podcasts I did. And, yeah. um, you know, he his locker was right across from me in Miami. Yeah. So, like, we'd kind of come in at the same time. And, you know, Dan's Dan. He's, he's charged up, ready to go from the jump as soon as he walks in the building. And he would look over me, up, oh, up, oh, don't talk to Lou. It's not past seven, eight o'clock. Can't even talk to him. You know, just busting my chops from the jump. Yeah. And, you know, I'd throw something at him or something. But, no, I, I love him to death, um, you know. And uh, we got, we, we, uh, we're still, you know, good friends today. And I'm so happy for all this success there at Detroit. That's awesome.
Coach Lou Anarumo, one of the best in the game. Uh, love watching defense. Keep up the great work. And uh, yeah. tell that core for us that uh, keep getting after it, man. I love those guys. Will do, brother. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, take it easy, Coach. I'm